Welcome to a new week of LFC Talk here at Hotel Tia. My name is Ragnil Lund Ansnes, or just one nil. If you can't say Ragnil or Ragnhild, it's okay. It's a difficult Norwegian name. Don't I've been saying your name wrong since <laughs> What are you saying then? Ragnhild. That's perfect. That's okay. You say it perfectly. Ragnhild, that's great. Because if you just do the little G in the middle there, you know, it's doable in English. It's great. Yeah, it's fa- fabulous. Mm-hmm. I think you're probably one of the best pronouncers of my, my name oh, in, oh, in the yeah. UK. So it's there you go. Okay, it's, 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 it's more languages than I don't know what, so I'm not going down that road. <laughs> um, so that is the, the, the voice of Kieran Molyneux, who is our guest of honour this week in LFC Talk. How are you doing, Kieran? I'm good. I'm yeah. all good. And with you, you have a little a sidekick, which is Lynn, who, uh, those of you who heard last week's podcast, if you haven't heard it yet, you have to wind back and listen to that as well. Lynn Irving, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. And then we have the one and only, the the, the knight in armour, as I call him, the, the podcast knight in armour, uh, Mr. David Fairclough. How are you today, yeah, David? Well, well, thank you very much, yeah. Nice to uh, be with you again, and the, and the guys. And as we are... Uh, concluding every week you look even fitter and better we like that you do you do it's amazing uh, this um this week it's it's uh, it's a nervy one because we are getting closer and closer to the big clash against real madrid so we'll talk loads about uh, champions league and 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 our hope of uh doing well there uh, but before we do that um kieran you brought with you a book today that you have made your first book. Tell us, what is this? It's for kids. It's a, the clues in the title, my first Liverpool songs. There's what it says on the tin. But it's, um, it's the idea of it is to get young kids singing the songs we sing in the ground every week and get them supporting our wonderful football club as soon as possible. And how long did it take you to put that together? Because it's, it's got a lot of amazing drawings and a lot of graphics to go with it as well. I had the idea for a little while and then Last year I found myself talking about it more than I was doing it, which I'm not, I'm not into. So I put it into action, I teamed up with a designer, a friend of mine, Rob, from Lacey Studio, who does the wonderful illustrations. And, like I said, the idea is to is to get kids into singing Liverpool songs, which snowballs into everybody singing off the same hymn sheet, as we mentioned last week, and also improves the atmosphere in the ground. Young kids, not in Bethany, and young kids singing, singing Liverpool songs at the top of the voice. We've had one of the boss kids uh, uh, concerts in the beer garden of Hotel Tia, which is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen, when all these hundreds of kids were singing their little hearts out. It's such an amazing feeling, isn't it, when you do the, the, the boss kids? The boss kids events. I was at that event, you know, I was here, I was here for that years ago, but there was one, there was one recently as well in the Olympia. Like I said, there's something about loads of Liverpool songs being sung by thousands of, thousands of kids. It's that high-pitched, yeah. that high-pitched noise <laughs> that you hear. But more importantly, I think it goes a bit deeper than that. I think it, it, it's, it shows you what the future is about. And if, and if kids aren't interested in Liverpool and kids aren't interested in singing songs, then where's the atmosphere go? Where does our, our famous you know, stadium and the noise that it brings go? So, yeah, I think that's why it's important. Kieran, you are uh, one of the the musicians who are actually staged on the Boss Nights, and you travel the world with the Boss Night, and you sing Liverpool songs. We've seen you in front of how many thousands was it in Madrid? A lot, a lot, about sixty, seventy. Martha reported eighty. 
I tell me none and granddad ninety. <laughs> <laughs> but Kieran, can you try to describe the feeling of standing there on stage with this ocean of reds and they're all gearing up for such a big massive final and you are there to deliver energy for so many people how is that i don't have to explain it really because there's two sides of it one side of it i'm i'm as well as singing liverpool songs i'm I'm a musician i write my own music and i love being on stage i love performing that's my vocation that's what i'm meant to do so there's that and there's a feeling of belonging there the bigger the crowd the comfier I feel. Really? Yeah, that's that, that, that's a fact. I mean, I'd rather play to 100,000 people than play to 10 people in a room. I really? Just, that's always the way I've been. But then there's the elements of I'm a fan. And I'm going to a European Cup final in two hours' time. And I'm nervous. But I'm also up for it. And I want to I wanna sing my heart out just as much as everybody else does. And I want to bounce into the stadium and, 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 you know, make sure I'm behind the team. So there's two sides of it. We have to wind back till uh, you were little, uh, as little as the kids who you want to read your book and sing along to your book now. Um, growing up, you grew up not far from here. Walton. Yeah, Walton, which is just the other end of the county road, past, um, past Goodison. Mm. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's well, about five, ten minutes away from here where I grew up. Just hiding between Goodison and Anfield, and, and Anfield yeah. Behind, sorry. Um, but growing up, Kieran, it wasn't maybe the best time of your life, was no, it? The, we spoke about this as we got to know each other and stuff like that, haven't we? And, and I'm not going to sit here and I had the, the worst childhood in the world <coughs> because there's always somebody worse off than you and there was happy moments in my childhood just as everybody else was. But it was tough. I mean, it was a dysfunctional family. There was, there was you know, violence involved. There was drink involved. And it wasn't always pleasant. It's definitely not the foundations for the creative mind and somebody who's asking for violins and drum kits and all these and guitars and stuff like that from a young age it just it, it you know it, it didn't help it didn't help that in the slightest and as I went through my teens it got a little bit more difficult my, my dad was no longer around he, he, and he left and you know my mum had problems in terms of you know I said before drink and and and, and the struggle of running that running a family with two kids etc so it wasn't always pleasant but there was a constant theme there around Liverpool um, and music obviously as well I was always interested in music but Liverpool and I remember queuing up for kits with with, with my mum and stuff like that when I was when I was a young lad so Liverpool was always a massive massive part of it I went to, I went to the game for the first time and I think it was 96, 97. I think my uncle took me. I think we'd be Forest 4 2. Dave, you'll have to check that in your, with your stats. I think we'd be Forest 4 2 that day. That was the first time I went to Anfield and I was obsessed. I was obsessed with Liverpool. How old were you then? I was about five, four or five. And I was obsessed with it. And then, but I didn't get taken the game regularly as a kid. Um, I wanted to, I always wanted to go. I had, I had friends around the corner who went every week and I was always dead jealous and going to the game away from to come back and you know, we'd talk about the match and stuff like that. And as I got a little bit older into my teens, I just started taking myself to Anfield. I started making friends who went to the game and that snowballed into very quickly being a 16-year-old lad who's in the middle of Marseille. <laughs> just going to watch Liverpool play. And, we, and, and Liverpool have always had this thing with, with the European Cup in my lifetime. Not in, the, not in my in in the early years of my life, but especially you know from two two thousand and one onwards, we always looking to win that European Cup after we won that treble. And when we done it in two thousand and five, it was just the trophy for me, and it was the thing for me, and it always will be. We were talking about this last week. Um, you know, what would you rather win the league or the European Cup? It's the European Cup for me every single year. And some people, 
I say, you know, the league's your bread and butter. You know, you always win the league. Some mixed players say the league is, is, is the one, but for me, there's something about being the best team in Europe. Yeah, and also, you know, in 2005, we hadn't been in a final for 20 years. It was it was a long time coming. And and now, you know, it's it's almost like we take this for granted, isn't it, yeah, Lynn? You know, <laughs> almost yeah. every year it, it's a final coming yeah. up. Which is good. But will there Expensive, be a, but good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but will there be a final this year, you think, Lynn? I would like to think so. I think we've, um, we've, we've got to go for it. Definitely got to go for it. I would like to think so. Um, Kieran, in in the middle of of Liverpool being, you know, your steady joy in in some quite sort of unsteady upgrowing, music became such an important escape for you too. Um, how did you manage to to become a pure, well? You're basically a professional musician now. Um, from that sort of starting point of not having all these fancy guitars thrown your way, how, how did you manage to, to, to teach yourself? You know, I, I guess guitar lessons wasn't no, an I, option. No, I'm self-taught in that sense. Um, I didn't have instruments as a kid, as I mentioned before. I had a completely terrible childhood, but I do remember asking for a violin once and being told, oh, you don't want a violin. Everyone in the streets getting a bike. You want a bike? Okay, got a bike a year after, you know. What about a drum kit? No, you don't want a drum kit. Everyone's getting a PlayStation. You don't want a PlayStation. You don't get a PlayStation. You cry. So it didn't come from a musical family. Big, big passion for music in terms of listening to it. My mum had great music taste. Um, you know, my nan and granddad have, have, have their own music taste, which I've talked to bits of country and stuff like that. I'm so, so varied in my music taste. So it's always been a big passion, but. Never had that instrument, I never had that training, I never had that the music lessons. And I got to 16 and got a guitar. And initially I didn't have a clue what to do with it. I didn't have a clue for many years with it. I just it sat there and I played with it and I, and I fiddled it out. And then I realised that it felt better for it and there was some there was a reason I wanted to I wanted to play it. There was something I needed to get out, and that's when you start believing you are a creative person. And I wanted to write songs and I wanted to perform songs, I wanted to make people happy by by performing. So I started taking it a little bit more seriously as I got towards probably the age of around 20, 21. I started actually learning the thing properly. And then through being seldom phased as I am, I, I just went out and started playing you know, open mics and trying to get bands together that were going to take over the world and, and, and all this sort of thing. I was just so passionate about it because of my love for music. And that's when... Through, say, through open mics and things like that, that's where Boss came about. And, and Boss Night started as a, well, it was a fanzine, it was a magazine, which then evolved into an event which was usually held on a Sunday because in them years we were in the UEFA Cup. So we played Thursday and Sunday a lot. Um, and Liverpool fans locally wanted something to do on a Sunday afternoon after the match. So we, there, was a, there was an event which like-minded people went to and, and, and we sang songs. It wasn't always Liverpool songs either, by the way. It was just, it, you know, it was cover songs, it was original songs and that, that evolved in, in, into, into a very popular event and it moved venues and it moved to sound on Duke Street, which that was the year, I think, we nearly won the title under Rodgers. It was maybe packed out after that, after that City game, the Coutinho one. And then it moved again to district. It was getting bigger and bigger, and that was the Kiev season. Then we were in that territory. Something just switched when we got to the European Cup final, and we got this fan park in Kiev. And there was like thirty thousand people there. It was like it was so much this, fun. This, this is this is different now. This is no longer an open mic night. This is like this is what you dreamt of: playing to massive crowds and playing playing music. 
And because Liverpool were great, we got the European Cup the year after, and there was twice as many people there than in Madrid, and and that day was amazing because that one we went and won. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so yeah, it's like I say, it, it's evolved, it's evolved in a, in, in a mad way. But I think if you want to put a finger on why, it's belief and passion, and that's the same goes for the team and supporting the team. I I believed I could I could I could do it, and I and I've figured a way out to do it and here we are you know writing music and playing music and I've got a single out next month and you know I'm writing books about Liverpool songs and it's living the dream and it's about you know consistency you know not giving up in in you know times when there's no money in the bank because you you're just you're just uh, believing that that it, you know it will come if you just stay with it and then because that's I think a lot of people get scared you know in in terms of not writing that book or not writing that song or not not following your creative dream is is that fear of not having control of your economy and you know your destiny and because you just need to believe it's also the ability to do it as well guitars aren't cheap time off work's not cheap no supporting you know other family members isn't cheap like moving out and finding your own place isn't cheap and all of a sudden you've got to work 35 45 hours a week pay the bills, make sure everyone in the family's okay, you know, put petrol in the car, put food in the fridge, and all of a sudden then you've got to find time to, to, to write music and play music and practice this passion. And then initially when you first start going out there, it's 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 difficult because you're juggling so many you're juggling so many things. And to this day I'm still juggling so many things. You know, my life isn't isn't is far from easy, but I love it. Do you know what I mean? I really do. I, I love what I get to do and I love the people that I meet. I love the fact we can sit here and talk about you know, my career and, and as we'll probably get onto the team, which isn't too lovely at the minute, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, and you look after your grandparents as well. Yeah, exactly. They're a massive part of my life. Family is very, very important to me. We're a very, very small family. I have me, me sister and me nan and granddad. They're getting on a little bit now, but they're still the most important thing in my life and they've supported me the whole the whole way, you know what I mean? They they, they don't really understand, they never really understood the idea of, you know, I want to be a professional musician. You know what I mean? You're a clever lad in school. You don't want to do that, lad. Mm-hmm. I'll do, I do, do, you know what I mean? So yeah, they 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 they're, they're, the reason why I do everything is to make is to make them proud. I'm my mum proud who's no longer here, I lost my mum in my early twenties. So everything I do I, I, I do with, with, with the idea that they're in the crowd and you know my mum's watching me, she could see me, are you having a goal? I looked at myself in the mirror one day and was like, What do you wanna do? Do you really wanna go through life, you know, job bouncing from jobs you don't really like, etc. And I thought, you know what, let's have a go at this, let's let's go full full pelt. And try and make a career for yourself, and we're not there yet, but you know we're on our, we're on the way. I hope though, uh, Liverpool Football Club pays you well for your modelling career, because oh, if you <laughs> my face don't get paid too well for this. <laughs> if you guys see on the web page and on the huge windows outside Anfield, the big uh, retail shop, Kieran is there modelling the LFC store stuff. You know, he's not, a supermodel. Not in the shorts, Dave. Used to wear though. <laughs> Short Short off the <laughs> you get away with that, Kieran. You'll get away with that. Um, but isn't that just amazing, guys? You know, yeah, listening yeah. to his his journey. Mm-hmm. Well, we all have uh, different journeys, and uh, you know, I mean, if you're fortunate to have a, uh, you know, where things aren't any aren't any problem, then you then you're fortunate. But you know, we all have our uh, Things to to well, go the, and, and our paths to uh, to follow, you know. But uh, no, it's it's uh, it's enlightening and uh, it's powerful. But it's quite similar to your story, David. You know, you you grew up not far away from each other, and 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 you basically had to, from a young age, 
had to support the family like, like Kieran is doing now. And, and it was your talent that drove you through as well, you know, to do what you dreamt of doing. It's, it's, it's a bit the same story. Uh, Persistency? Maybe not as dramatic, I think, in, in uh, not wishing to... Uh, uh, I mean, I had a very stable upbringing. My mum and dad were very regular and, uh, you know, uh, so I had no problems in that sense. And uh, my mum and dad tried to... Uh, provide everything I mean everything I wanted in those days was football uh, so I got football boots football books football games everything was football 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 and I played football uh, from from dark you know from uh, waking up in the morning to to, to dark at night so uh, but you know if you have something that you enjoy doing then obviously uh, you, you commit enough hours to it and uh, and practice and practice uh, you know, as they say, you get you get the breaks you deserve, and um, uh, I mean, I grew up around you know very much this area, playing football in Stanley Park and, and all those things. But um, uh, so not quite like uh, Kieran. I've had my little uh, moments of uh, creative uh, ability, maybe probably. Uh, You're a better uh, singer than me, Dave. Uh, well, you know, I would don't like to say that. <laughs> but you know, uh, I think um, you know football obviously has sidetracked me, and I've become a little bit too uh, committed just to, to one thing. But uh, yeah, it's a great, uh, it's a great story, and it's great credit to credit uh, to Kieran that he's come through in the way that he has, and uh, and got over overcome some you know hard times, you know mm. difficulties, and uh, the face of success now on the uh, on the. More on the doors and windows of Anfield, which more than, more than I have, anyway. <laughs> I was convinced we were going to win the league when I modelled that kit at the start of the season. I thought, you know what, this home kit is lovely. I just picture Liverpool win the league in this. Not over yet, but not so clever. <laughs> <laughs> we're all allowed to dream, but maybe that's dreaming a little too 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 far up in the in the sky layers right now, Kieran. But you you know you never know. Uh, isn't that amazing, though, Lynn? Wonderful story, and, and you know, hats off to you for following your dream. Like I say, Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's there's people much worse off. I mean, you know, it gives context to as to what as to what I do and how I've ended up where I am. But I'm in no way from a background that some people are from. Some people have absolutely nothing, and never mind it. You know, a loving family, however small it may be. Obviously, we all have problems physically, mentally. All that sort of stuff goes on, but um, I think if you just if you got something, Dave, if you got something you love and something you can focus on, and um, you keep working at it, then I'm proof you'll get a break. How much do you think uh, football had to say in your uh, triggering your music interest? Because I mean, the songs behind you know behind the goals and around uh, the stands is such a massive part of of football and and being a fan. And music and football with Liverpool Football Club goes so close hand in hand. How much did that have to say on your passion about music? Well, it's probably why I've ended up, you know, as well as writing songs and 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 listening to music. I've the two have merged because I love the two so so much, and that's why I'm dead lucky to be able to do what I do. I mean, I love I love music, I love performing, I love all that side of it. But I love my football team, and I love following my football team. And before we were doing gigs in these places, I was, you know, going to every corner of the of the earth. The last penny that I have to watch Liverpool Football Club on three connecting flights to go to the Champions League in depression. I remember it. I, I, I've I've been about watching Liverpool home and away done thousands of hours on coaches up and down the country 
and it pays off when you see your team lift a big shiny silver thing at the end of the season and I've been fortunate enough to see Liverpool win a few of them over the past few years as well and in my lifetime which some people never ever get the chance to the idea of winning the League Cup or an FA Cup to, to most teams in this country is the biggest thing in the world so to be winning European Cups and getting to finals every other year and, and expecting expecting glory like we do and like I, I still do now I still expect to win this European Cup this year and that's the only way they're going to get, get away with how they've been playing but um, but yeah to be able to combine the two it's a dream come true I love Liverpool I absolutely love, love this club and and now that you're travelling with the boss night, and sometimes you and I travel with, with the uh, former players as well, um, what is it like when you come to s- some some faraway corners of the world and they still know all the songs, all the Liverpool songs? Yeah, must no, be mind blowing. No, knowing me is the mad one. I was in the middle. Of, I was doing a gig in New Delhi, and these four lads ran up. I was like, Kieran, Kieran, Kieran. We 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 love we love what you do. Where are you from? You're like, from Mumbai. How far is that? Like four hours away. We come, we come to New Delhi to see it. Like, this is crazy. Like this is. I just love music on the Liverpool. All of a sudden, you realise that you are on a stage performing to these people, and these people love the club and love the city. So the idea that you're a scouser and you you've come all the way, you know, to bring a match day culture on the road is a ma- is a massive thing. But I, I love I love Liverpool fans. Love meeting Liverpool fans wherever we go. I want I want everyone to support Liverpool. That's that's that's, that's the truth. And um, so to be able to go to these places and sing with with, with, with these different cultures and these different people, it's um, it's special. Which uh, trip has been the most special trip uh, to tour? We were talking last week, wasn't we, about the, your, your favourite moments? Um, you mentioned Lynn, the Barcelona game, yeah. which is probably the biggest night at Anfield, um, apart from Saint Etienne, Dave. Um, but for me, it was something a little bit different. It was the World Club Cup final in Qatar, in Doha. And because growing up, an uncle of mine was a massive Liverpool fan. And he used to tell me, ah, the glory days are gone. Like, but before you were born, lads, it was, uh, we, used to, we used to win every week. We used to, teams used to come and try and keep the score down. And, you know, if we didn't win the league, we win the European Cup and we win the league the year after and all this sort of thing. And Liverpool in the early 90s weren't, weren't the greatest of sides. You know, they were, they, were, they, were, they were struggling to win trophies. So for the first time in, in, in history, Liverpool done something that no generation before had ever seen. We'd seen European Cup, we'd seen Liverpool win FA Cups and leagues, and, but no one had ever seen Liverpool win the World Club Cup. And it just... Despite it not being my favourite trophy, the, the European Cup will always be my favourite trophy. As I've said, there was something in being there for the first time and Liverpool won something they'd never won before. So that's my favourite moment. Mm. And what did you do around that that, that game? Did uh, you play? Played, yeah, yeah, played in the desert in Qatar in a, in a fan park, FIFA fan park. I might have been the first scouser to play in the desert, to be honest. And, and <laughs> Won't be the last. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, played on the day of the final. And you know what the mad thing was about that game? Every final we've ever been to, Liverpool outnumbered everyone. Ten to one. We have we we we, we fill Wembley, we fill the European Cups, we take all the corporate seats, we, we we do everything we can and the ground's usually red. This was different. This was ten to one. In, in terms of Brazilians, the Scousers, and we were completely outnumbered and outsang, and it was very, very strange. Walked on stage, and there was just as many Flamenco fans in the in 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 the crowd that there was Liverpool. And I'm so used to walking on stage and just Liverpool, I'm getting fifty thousand Liverpool back, but it was a mixture. So it was a challenge that day. And remember going on the ground after the play. The gig was great. Don't be wrong. They were they were they were, they were a laugh. But um, I remember going on the ground thinking, I've never done this before. I've never gone to a final. 
known were outnumbered mm-hmm. and didn't matter, won it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that so much. So talking about winning, um, we have a massive, massive game coming up because it's sort of our hope of the season, isn't it, David? Going all the way to Istanbul. It would be such a fairy tale going back to Istanbul. You know, your favorite co- um, final as a fan, obviously not as a player, but as a fan, uh, to watch the only game you told us last week that has ever brought a tear to your face, a proper tear. What if we go there all the way and, and win in Istanbul again? Is that doable, you think, with this team and, and, and the, the dip in form? I'm going to have to show a lot more character. I have to say uh, the side of uh, 2005 you know, had players like Gerard and Carragher in there, Spirit and uh, Dudek and, and others, uh, Alonso. And I think that's perhaps you know whether or not we've got that but I think all the great Liverpool teams and the generations have had people to really look up to in, you know, in other people of the past. When I came into the club, you, know, you looked at certain characters and then players in around that time, 2000s, looked up to Carragher and Gerrard to be inspired. And at the moment, that, I think there's a little bit of a lack of who do you look to to, to, take, you on, you know, to take you on and to, to lead by example. And uh, maybe the manager's a little bit short, I think, of one or two people. I think of that of that nature but uh, it is a, a huge hope um, obviously we've got a tricky tie getting Real Madrid probably on the day the draw was made was the team that everybody wants to avoid but um, now that, that it's got a little bit closer we're in uncertain form Real Madrid are not sort of uh, groundbreakers they're not they're not sort of uh, running away with the, the Spanish league. So uh, it's, it's, uh, a win is achievable, very much achievable, but we're going to have to be at our best, our very, very best. Because Real Madrid, they're not like in super form at the moment, are they? They've, they lost their last game, didn't they? They've lost a couple recently. Um, their form has been uh, indifferent. They've had one or two injury problems. I think they had a little... They've had, they've had one or two little issues hanging over them, you know, Injuries, indiscipline, uh, but still in all, they they have Ancelotti as the coach, and mm. uh, he seems to love playing against Liverpool, uh, Carlo Ancelotti. But um, now they're not the all-conquering uh, Real Madrid of of maybe last year. Even you know, I mean, we out we outgunned them in the um, really in the in Champions League final. We should we should have won really yeah, we had we more of the game, and we overpowered them. But uh, but they have the ability to win games. But this time round, I think something tells me this season they haven't really sort of uh, found their very best form. Um, and the fact that they're second to Barcelona sort of kind of indicates, you know, it's not the it's not the Real Madrid that we maybe you should be really fearful of. But Lynn, we should have had them last. We should have played there first and then done another Barcelona on them. How yeah. is that going to be playing them first at Anfield and then? go away and play them again I mean home ties are you know second leg home ties are always the favourable um, but we've got to set you know we, we've got to go out there now and we, we've we've got to you know create that famous atmosphere and let's get a couple of goals up and, and take it to them when we get to Madrid um, I think we uh, I think we've got I think we've got it in the tank to do it and um, 
And I think we owe them a few as well. Oh, gosh, Big yeah. time. I think we really yeah. do owe them a few. So oh. maybe this is our time, our payback time. Yeah, because really we played them in two finals where both the finals we should have really won in a way because it was just such a dirty win in Kiev and it was such a horrendous um, uh, event, if we can call football that, in Paris, you know, where we wouldn't be let in in time and we were attacked after. Yeah. And, 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 you know, personally, I got in so late because they wouldn't let us in. They shut our gate, uh, our entry. Um, Luckily, the, the the game was delayed, and we know now that they put out this this little ridiculous sign mm-hmm. saying the Liverpool fans were coming in late, which was just stupid. But anyway, so people were quite shaken up. You know, yeah, I yeah. couldn't really focus on the game because yeah. I was just so upset about not yeah. getting in and thinking I would miss the game and be shut out mm-hmm. like that. I was the in ticket. the ground quite early. Uh, it, really early, to be fair. As soon as the gate opened, I got in. Good and, move. Yeah, and and you know, seeing the players come out onto the pitch, and uh, and they knew, you know, you could, they knew there was things going on. So I don't, you know, I don't think that helped our cause. Absolutely not. And you could just see them looking round, and you know, it 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 wasn't an event. It, it was a debacle, really, wasn't it? Um, but I think you know that certainly do, that that certainly did affect the players. Yeah, because they had wives yeah, and kids yeah. and people being trapped outside and being attacked and mobbed. It's, and it's not quite the same in uh, in compare in comparison, but uh, the Heisel event, you know, Heisel oh, turned yeah. to a non-event by by match time. Basically, people couldn't be bothered about yeah. the football no. and the game yeah. kind of passed everybody by. I mean, you know, so and that was very similar to the to last. The yeah. last summer, I remember coming back and watching the game all over again on television mm. and realising I hadn't seen that while yeah. watching the match, you no. know. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the, game, the, was like the game was in a, in a, in a, in a daze, yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, you know, and that, that's being kind to it. It was, it was yeah. worse than that, but uh, it, it turned into a non-event. So, mm. yeah, it's, it's, uh, whether it's after that we're playing Real Madrid, but uh, maybe there's, there's, a, there's a score to tell and... Mm. Uh, you know, they, they hopefully they see. I mean, it's a different. It is a different uh, uh, approach to to uh, to the way that the game's been drawn out. I mean, playing the first. Sometimes, if you if you score two goals in the first leg, uh, it's still difficult to mm-hmm. actually get the third. Uh, whereas if it if that's the way in the second leg, then you know, you know, attitudes change. The nerves bed in on the on the visitors and the game becomes different so it is a little bit unfortunate that we haven't got the second game at Anfield but but still in all um we we've we've won this way around before mm-hmm. you know I, I go I look immediately back to the Bayern Munich game a couple of se- you know a few seasons ago mm-hmm. where we won well at home and then really showed real character yeah. away at uh, in Munich so um so hopefully something of that type mm. might be the case. Kieran, could it be actually to our advantage that uh, this season seems like a little <laughs> tricky in terms of the mental form, but when it really matters, it seems like the, the team steps up. You know, like we started the season hammering uh, City for the, what is it called now, the Community mm-hmm. Shield? Is that what it's called now? Um, could it be... A lock in disguise that we have to play such a big team already now to sharpen our knives. <laughs> oh, that's a bad metaphor. I'll, I'll rewind that and say to to sharpen our heads. There's no easy games in the knockout stages of the European Cup, 
So whoever, if you're gonna if you're gonna win it, you're gonna be the best. You're gonna play the best. I think Liverpool need a moment. We need an arc in our season. We need something that makes everybody go, come on, we're still Liverpool. Like we've absolutely we just turned around it over there. So yeah, I do think it, there's a there's a potential positive in getting a big result at Anfield in the first leg. It could help the top four situation in terms of the domestic performance. It could help the manager and and. You know the, the questions he's being asked constantly in press conferences, and we, we you know we talked last week about about how he seems different in talking to the press. It could help the fans. It could help the players. So yeah, I, I mean, maybe it's a, maybe it's a good time to, to play Real Madrid. Well, it's not a good, never a good time to play Real Madrid. They're a great side, but you know you know what I mean by that. There's a there's a potential there to put a big win together, a big night at Anfield, and all of a sudden it just feels a little bit different. And like I said we've won we've won European Cups before from from finishing outside the top four. You know, in two thousand and five, we we weren't good enough to finish fourth, but we went and won it. So I'm fine with that. Yeah, Kieran. Before we wrap up this podcast, um, tell us how we can get your wonderful songbook from all over the world. There are forty eight countries listening to this, by the way. Online, so it's myfirstliverpoolsongs.com, and you can order online. We'll ship internationally. Um, but anyone who does support it, thank you very, thank you very, very much, and thank you for helping me push it on the show. And my last question to you, Kieran Molyneux. Um, Molyneux, it sounds French. Yeah, French. French. Is your dad's side? No, no. no? I, I'd say. Oh, is it a I Liverpool? Took my mum's maiden name when I was eighteen. I changed it. So I was born Kieran McCann, which is a very Irish name, isn't it? And I changed it to Molyneux. Not because it sounds a little bit more grand, just because I was, um, you know, closer to my mum and that side of the family. But um, but yeah, Molyneux. Mm. You say it's so French, though. Molyneux. Molyneux. Monsieur. Molyneux. A couple of Molyneux, Molyneux in Liverpool's uh, yeah. history. Yeah. Well, back in the sixties. Because you can see there are streets called Molyneux as well mm. in Liverpool. A, in the sixties, it wouldn't have been a strange mm. name because I say there were two Liverpool players on with with that name, but uh, yeah, the chef related. Little bit. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that might be, might be a third. Come and play for Liverpool yeah. soon if this midfield carries on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> might be coming off the windows and, uh, and into the into the stadium. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, you know, maybe get on to uh, was it Michael McIntyre for uh, make dreams come true at the moment. Yeah, David Fairclough. Uh, Lynn Irving, uh, season ticket holder at the COP and uh, an all-round cool lady from Milstead School and Kieran Molyneux, thank you so much all of you for your time today my name is Rangnil uh, Lundansnes and I'm really appreciating that you're following this podcast and sharing it to your friends because we, we want it to grow and, and spread happiness out there and the last thing I want to ask you Kieran, before we, we um, uh, press the stop button this week how much, well, can you try to describe what Liverpool means to you? It's a bit cliche saying everything, isn't it? Because so many people say that. But it's, I'd say, important. It's important. I, I've, I can't imagine life without going to watch Liverpool or finding out how Liverpool are doing. Even when they're not playing so well, there's a reason that I'm bothered. And there's a reason why I'm, you know, I come out on the ground sometimes a bit angry. There's a reason times I come out crying there's a reason why I come out you know with my hands above me I'm so yeah it's important for me and I absolutely love them <laughs>